Thank you, preacher. Preacher told me I should take 15 to 20 minutes and I will be obedient. John chapter 7. I'm excused, sir. Excuse me. John chapter 12. I'll read verses 1 through 7. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. I like that. We never speak of death in the past tense. Well, that is your father still living? Well, he was dead. I haven't checked recently. Never do. But when Jesus comes, he brings us from death unto life. When we raised from the dead, there they made him a supper and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This, he said, not that he cared for the poor. But because he was a thief, and had the bag and bear what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my burying hath she kept this. Lord, use these moments to prepare us for the work you wish to do in each of our hearts and in this wonderful church in the days ahead. Guide me by your spirit to say only but all the things you want said. Meet with us, please. We know you're here, but help us to be unusually aware of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. If I ask my wife if she'd like flowers, she always says no. They're impractical. You can't eat them can't wear them. They don't last very long. But if I get her flowers, she'll put them in a big vase and cut the stem off at an angle and take pictures and show everybody who comes by. If we make it till June 9th, we'll be married 50 years. I married when I was 20 and she was three. <laughs> and both times that I bought her flowers, that's what she did in those 50 years. Flowers are extravagant. They're an old Amish expression, just for nice. I want you to think about the method of Mary's love. It was public. Everybody sat at the table and while they were there, in front of all the guests, Mary took the ointment and gave it to Jesus. Sometimes, almost all the time, when there's a significant reviving work, a part of the work is testimonies. And the testimonies motivate and encourage others. And I have to be careful. 
You never want to air dirty laundry in front of people. You want to be specific without giving details. You want to say, I, I, I was guilty of, of uh, having wrong motives or I, uh, I was lazy. You don't want to say, yeah, I hated so-and-so's guts and I wanted to punch him in the nose. I never forget that time he changed the oil and forgot to put the filter back on and ruined my car. But it was public. We have an aversion to public displays of affection. We have an idea that we should never tell anybody what we're given. Mary showed everybody. And David, when he got ready for the temple, he told everybody, here's what I'm going to give. Here's what I'm taking from my personal money, from the money of the kingdom. And I want to know what y'all going to give too. But it was intensely personal. This method of her love. She wiped his feet with her hair. I know very little about women. You don't either. I got a book one time. True story. Preacher gave me a book. And it said what a man can do to understand a woman. I opened it up and every page was blank. But I do know. Women care about their hair. Don't want it messed up. Don't want it blown away. Want to keep it nice. Use a half bottle of hairspray to keep it in place. But Mary took her hair. Not a towel. Not the edge of her robe. But her hair. And wipe not the hands, not the face, but the feet. Covered with dust and dirt. That's why they washed him. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. The method of her love. But notice, if you will please, the measure of her love. She had a box of perfume that Judas valued at 300 pence. That's over a year's salary. For a working man. What would you make if you worked construction in this area? Would you make 70, 80,000 a year? Is that about right? Maybe a little more. Imagine you had a box of perfume worth $70,000. And you couldn't sell it. Had to be used. How would you use it? Before they had spray bottles, men, some of you don't even know this, always used cologne like this. You poured it in your hand, you went like this, you went like that. I do not know why. That's just what we did. But ladies don't do that. Ladies have expensive breathing. They go, do, 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 do. It was an extravagant expense. But it was an extravagant expression. She didn't dribble out a little bit here and there. She broke the box. You know what we do with our love, our devotion, our service, our gifts for the Lord Jesus Christ. We give him a little drip here, a little drop there, a little drab there. Sometimes he wants us to break the box. Amen. Amen. 
My mother sold Avon. I grew up wearing wild country. If I bought it myself, I'd go to the store and get Brute or Old Spice. That's all I knew. One day, a family in our church from Guyana, Dutch, or French Guyana, lady was a great lady. The husband was not much count. He never worked all the time they were in our church, and she taught phys ed in our school to get tuition for the kids. They lived on public assistance in a really poor part of town. And they asked our family to come over for dinner. Made us a great meal. Had a gift for my wife and each of my daughters and for me. And I opened the gift she had for me. It was a green box with gold foil writing on it. And it said, Polo for Men. I'd never heard of that. And she had a little Bible verse, and there's this verse. An ounce of ointment, of, a pound of ointment of spike nerd, very costly. And she underlined very costly. It was really nice. It smelled good. I liked it. And a little while after that, I was at a men's store in downtown Saginaw. And I saw that stuff for sale. Do you know how much that stuff costs? You know how many bottles of Old Spice you could buy for one bottle of polo? Wow. And here's the lady on public assistance. Went to great expense to tell a preacher that she loved him. They'd been not well received at some other churches they visited and our people loved them and accepted them. an extravagant expense, an extravagant expression. If we're to see God do a great work in this meeting, somebody's going to have to break the box. Somebody's going to have to do more than their duty, more than their responsibility, more than their fair share. Bunch of us. Why did she do it? What was her motivation? Well, I suspect she was motivated by Lazarus' resurrection. Here's a brother that was dead, and now he's sitting there eating. What's that worth? You got any loved ones? They were on their way to hell. And because of the precious blood of our wonderful Savior are now on their way to heaven. What's that worth? I think she may have been motivated by her regeneration. She had found eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I know our text tells us she was motivated by his redemption. Leave her alone. She hath come to anoint my body for the burial. Jesus was to live for another seven days. He told everybody he's going to die. And three days are going to rise from the grave, but nobody believed him. Mary did. Mary got it. Mary understood. 
Mary knew that in just a short time, the Lord Jesus was going to go to the cross and die for her. What's that word? I read a story years ago about an old farmer. Wife died when they hadn't been married long. He had one daughter named Susie, Susie Parker. Susie they called to the mission field. They lived out in the country, little country church. And she was the first person from that church to ever go to the mission field. In fact, to ever go in the work of the Lord. They had a big celebration to say farewell to her. It was bittersweet. They were sad to see her go, uncertain, this single lady going off to China to be a missionary. Sad to see her old father left all by himself. But thrilled that one of their own had answered the call of God. At the end of the gathering, almost off the cuff extemporaneously, preacher said, Brother Parker, would you care to say a few words? And the old man, his hands gnarled, his fingers curled, his brow furrowed, shoulders stooped from years of manual labor, kind of shuffled to the platform. He said, well, I'm not much for making speeches. All I have to say is, nothing I have is too good for my Jesus. If he wants my Susie, he can have her. She went to the harbor, got on the boat. Before she ever won a soul, disciple to convert, witnessed to one Chinese person before she ever stepped foot on foreign soil. The ship sank and Susie Parker drowned. Not too long after the previous celebration, they had another service. And this one wasn't bittersweet, it was just bitter. Unasked questions clouded the atmosphere. Why? Why? The preacher tried. But nothing he did would pierce the darkness. And finally, almost in desperation, he said again, Brother Parker, would you care to say a few words? And for the second time in not too many days, the old man shuffled and made his way up to the pulpit and he said, well, all I have to say is what I said before. Nothing I have is too good for my Jesus. If he wants my Susie, he can have her. Could I suggest that perhaps a way to explain revival is giving everything to God. Holding back nothing. Being willing to break the box. Might I ask for a few moments before we begin our public prayer. If it wouldn't be good 
for us to just talk to the Lord and say, Lord, if you'll show me what I've been holding back, I won't argue. I won't reason. I won't make excuses. I'll break the box. Would you take a few minutes and talk to the Lord about that?